0: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to play the big stages, strum the guitar and grip the microphone, hear the crowd roar your song back to you, feel the vibration of the sound system to your core, and have music take you to places you only ever dreamed? Well on this week's episode of The Curious Audience, it's all happening.
1: Pop culture and interviews,
0: the best and worst of movies. we we'll listen and explore You are the curious We are the curious audience Hello folks, it's me Luke Ryan again And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Curious Audience This week we bring you another amazing interview from uh, one of my friends And amazing people I know I mean truly you cannot imagine the life this person has lived Let me introduce you to rock star Mitch, and he's going to tell us about all the experiences he's had playing music over the past 20 and 30 years, including a visit to Afghanistan to play for the troops. This is one interview you're not going to want to miss. So let's dive straight into it. Um, Mitch, what type of music have you been playing in your bands, all the different ones?
2: I've uh, been very, very lucky playing music. I've played hard rock, played good old fashioned rock and roll. Um, I've played country, had to play pop, pop pays, <laughs> pop pays bills. So pop's the worst one, pops above country, well, uh, below country? Oh, definitely. Okay. Country's, country's great fun, great fun.
0: <laughs> so what is yeah. it about country that you love?
2: Um, I like the feel of country. Actually, I like I like how it um, moves along in a in a particular way um, that's different to what you hear on the on the radio most of the time. Even the country you hear on the radio isn't quite country in in my eyes.
0: So, and so we mentioned already, you played in uh, a few different bands, many bands. Have you always played
2: the same role in those bands? Um, mostly, I've been lead guitarist. Yep. um recently, I've been playing bass in a few different shows. I play bass in a funk band and I play bass in a, uh, in a theater a show in, okay. in theaters where we present an, an album from beginning to end. Yep. Um, so, but I play that as the bass player, pianos, brass, etc.
0: Of all the, the bands that you played in, when did you first begin? Oh. Cast your mind back. <laughs>
2: My first gig was in a church band. I would have been 12, which is a long time ago. Yeah. I think we were paid $11 between the five of us. Oh, dear. So that's all right. It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> bought well, the groceries for the week. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, and, a, um, it's a weird number to divide between yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, it was It was a weird number, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And I was hooked. I loved it. I loved playing, but I loved playing as part of a band. Mm. Not as, I've, I've never ever had the desire to get an acoustic guitar and go out as a singer, songwriter and, and play songs. I, I love, I love bands. I love the way. It's five five people against an audience or five people ultimately with an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been in bands with people who I'm really, really close with, bands that have broken up a decade ago, two decades ago, and I'm still friends with those people. You know, you make some really great connections.
0: It's all those experiences you've been through, I imagine, like, you know, is it, you're almost like a team. If you win the, the gig together, you celebrate.
2: If you lose the gig together, yep. you commiserate together. Yep, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Um, I used to work for one singer who would say a champion band beats a band of champions.
0: Is <laughs> that supportive nature to it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so within a band, is it better to be the, the best person in the band, the most talented or the most skilled, or is it good to be in the middle?
2: Uh, both, okay. There's there's a benefit for both. I my current gig is with some A-list players, absolutely A-list players. Um, you know, jazz cats who can read anything you put in front of them. And I'm reading a chart, and I'm playing along, and I'm listening to the piano player, I'm listening to the guitarist, I'm listening to the to the drummer, and I'm doing the job. But I'm pushing myself to do the job. And it is really, really a pleasure just to listen and and learn the whole way through the night. Sometimes it's nice. I've been in situations where I've been, you know, for want of a better phrase, the best player on the stage. That's cool if you're helping other people um otherwise an island. Yeah, to achieve cool things, to Mm. achieve better than they maybe thought they were able to achieve. I've had students who have then ended up being co-guitarists in bands that I've been in. Mm -hmm. What a pleasure. (laughs) What a pleasure being able to look over and go, I know that dude. (laughs) So if you're the best person in
0: the band, does that mean you've got more say or more authority in what the choices of the band
2: are? Um, Look, all bands are different. Mm -hmm. All bands are different. I've been in bands where I've been MD, which is the musical director, and... Yeah, you do get a lot of say in this is the chart and this is how the song ends. This is the set and this is the set that I worked out with the singers. Yeah. Um. So you do get a bit more say. Um. Other times you can be the best player but if you're just a hired gun, you turn up and you play what you're told, you play to the chart and that's it. Don't yeah. argue. Golden <laughs> rules. He who has the gold makes the rules. Well, that's
0: it, isn't it? Yeah, Okay. <laughs> And so what would have been some of the gigs that you have done? Any, any bands that you've worked with or any venues that, that some of our listeners might have been
2: to? Uh, look, I'm really blessed. I'm really blessed. I've played every sweaty, beer-soaked pub in, on the mid-north coast down to the south coast and through Sydney. I've played every RSL club, but I've also been blessed enough. I've played River Stage in Brisbane, I've played some beautiful theatres in in Brisbane. Uh, I've played all the lovely theatres that are in in Newtown, in Mm -hmm. Sydney here. I've played the Entertainment Centre. I've played Rod Laver Arena. I've played all across England. Um, I've played in the Middle East. I've been really, really blessed. Yeah. Really blessed. Like surreal moments where you look out across a desert and you think, really, (laughs) am I here?
0: (laughs) And does – like you spoke about some of those arenas in like Entertainment Centre and Rod Laver. The numbers you must have had at those arenas, does it – do you get more nervous the bigger the arena or is it – how
2: do you feel in those sorts of places? Uh, It's maybe more nerve-wracking playing to five people. Yep. Yep. Because, you know, there's there's maybe a more critical eye there. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. But, you know, the, if you're playing to, I don't know, tens of thousands of people, yeah. maybe they won't notice you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess if you've only got like five people, all five people can – you can all, see each of yeah, their faces. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. see who's playing with their phone or who's not engaged. Yeah, he he, he stopped tapping 10, his foot. Oh, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so when you're at these big, big events – do you, are you the live, the main act, or are you the supporting act? Both.
2: Collaborations? Both. I've, yeah. We've been the support act for bigger venues, uh, like Entertainment Centre. Yeah. Um, support act at Rod Laver, uh, support at River, River Stage in Brisbane. Um, but headline in the Middle East, um, we played uh, Clipsal 500. We played. Oh, wow, that would have been a good crowd. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, I'm going to have to say, still easily my top five, possibly the best gig yeah. I've ever been involved with. Just insane. Thousands and thousands of people who knew the, knew the words to the songs and it was multi-generational. It was, it was you know, mm. fathers and sons and sometimes grandfathers and sons oh, and grandsons singing the lyrics back to you. It's like, yeah, that was amazing. Mm. That's amazing.
0: You have those those fans that keep coming back and you have yes. that multi-generational, you know, people who have seen you once and then come back and want to see more.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's a big compliment, isn't it? I think so. so yeah. I invested in your band once, I've invested again um, and I'll continue to invest in your band. So thank you very much.
0: I think it means that the the person, like say if it's the father, that father has a good memory attached to that band. You know, you're not going to want to have your child go and see the same person just for the sake of it. You want to share yeah. your love, yeah. your memory, that nostalgia with them. So I think that's, you know, massively high. You've contributed to that person's life, their story yeah. in some way. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned the Middle East there. Well, What's that? The Middle East. The yeah, Middle East. I mean, it's such
2: extremes to go from Australia to London to the <laughs> Middle East. You know, the Middle East is 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 more dangerous than any pub in Sydney.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're
2: not just throwing so, glasses there. We, we were we were very lucky. We uh, I, I don't know what the word is. Were we seconded to the military? Were we conscripted? We weren't conscripted, but I, I don't know what the actual word was. We were invited.
0: Okay, so someone approached you about
2: this yes. opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's um, – within the Army there's a group called FACE, Forces Advisory Council on Entertainment, and they approached us and invited us to perform um, in the Middle East. So we were lucky enough we played a number of venues in, in Afghanistan. We played in Kuwait. We played in Iraq. Yeah, it was good. It was good. What a privilege. How tough a decision was it to go there?
0: You know, when you got that invitation, did all band members jump on and go, Yes, we've got to do this, or you know, you're you
2: literally walking into a danger zone. We we encountered we had to have a fill in bass player. A bass player didn't feel comfortable. Didn't feel comfortable going. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I had a day job still. Um, I don't know, <laughs> as an aside, I don't actually know how I managed to have a day job and do four and five gigs a week
1: mm-hmm.
2: and continue to do the day job. I, I'm not actually <laughs> sure how I did that. I did have a lot of leave, yeah. um, that I'd, I'd saved up. So, you know, I used to be able to plan, well in advance, but who I worked for wouldn't grant me leave because we were going into an area with a DFAT warning of eight. And so wow. I took Leave Without Pay, which is yep. cool because the band was working all the time. Yep. We, we actually, at the time it was, there were three bands that were working. It was the same band with three different vocalists. Yep. So we were really tight and we would turn up to a show with – One of the singers hadn't seen her in six weeks and people would say, gee, your band's tight. You must be (laughs) playing all the time. And we were, but we weren't playing for that singer. But it was a really good thing to be able to have that ensemble of musicians Yeah, and it didn't matter if we were playing pop music or rock and roll or hard rock or country music. It was the same group of people.
0: That's nice. And so different people switch out, but you still got that familiarity
2: yeah, it was only the singer that we yeah. were switching at okay. the time. So the band, the core band was the same.
0: When you went over to the Middle East, you were going to military bases, army bases?
2: We went to primarily military bases, yeah. yeah. Yep. American,
0: like a, a mix of, of soldiers, um, American Australian? Yeah, we,
2: within the bases, as best I can describe it, within the bases there were Australian bases. Okay. So – you know, what we call the coalition of the willing or I I don't know, whatever, whatever we were called. Some acronym. Um, within that, there would be an English base. There'd be a US base. There'd be a Japanese base. There'd be an Australian base. So some of the shows we would go in and only play to Australians. Some of the shows we would go in and play to Macedonians, Japanese Americans, whoever, whoever was there. Um, so it was a mixed bag. Just, uh, yeah, based on the size of the, of the yeah. based on the base. Ha <laughs> ha. Based on the size of the base.
0: What was that experience like? Like we, we spoke a little bit about, you know, just making that decision had big consequences with it. What was it like once you got there?
2: Look, I look back at it really fondly and wouldn't, not go and would go again right Mm. now, like let's go to the airport and leave immediately. But there must have been some hesitation. There must have been some questioning. I know at the time I had – I knew two families who were Afghan refugees and I went and spoke to the the father of one family and the mother of another family and to find out from them – what they thought about me going, or not just me personally, but like what what their opinion was of the West being okay. there. And by us going and playing rock and roll, essentially supporting the West being there. Mm. And um their responses were really positive. And that was ultimately what Yeah, that was ultimately what That convinced you made me decide this is the right thing to do mm. and this is what I am going to do yeah I still remember those conversations from a long time ago. I can still actually remember people's faces in the actual conversation, and they were very positive wow very positive about us going um and that was yeah that was the ultimate
0: you when you went over there and played the different gigs was there any difference in the the experiences that you had in the different bases?
2: Yes, yes, we're at, at one base um And whilst setting up, there was a dust storm and it was insane, just the amount of dust. And uh, we could hear this sound it's like, what is that? And, yeah, there was a machine gun battle going on just in military terms uh, just outside the wire. So there was a machine gun battle going on within earshot while we're sitting up and play rock and roll. It's like, this is crazy. Mm.
0: Especially because, like, that noise, you know, coming from Australia, we don't hear guns at all. You know, we don't have gun ranges and things like that. So to hear that noise is quite unnerving. I've experienced that myself being in in, uh, Canada and just hearing a gun going off in the background from a gun range, but still that noise to understand what's going
2: on. You're in a war zone. It's even worse. (laughs) It was worrying. We went to another base and uh – we were a little worried because it was like it was a desert plain where we were set up. And I hope I don't get anyone in the military in trouble, but um, we got put on a trailer. <laughs> so we were at a raised point in the desert with lights shining on us. <laughs> <You're> just inviting <laughs> negative it's, attention. Yeah. Like, oh my God. if you can't quite work out where the noise is from, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just underneath these lights. And uh, yeah, so. There's a bit of a swear alert. I said, so is this safe? And I said, yeah, it's all right. We've been brassing the fuck out of them for weeks. <laughs> like- <laughs> I said, what does that mean? And, and brassing is is reference to k- 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 we've been clearing this area out. We're all good. We can okay. listen to you guys play tonight. <laughs> and It's all safe.
0: There's no one within Luckily. long, long, Whoa. long distance. Imagine if oh. that was like one of the covert bases and suddenly they, ah, we're good. <laughs> we'll give up for tonight. <laughs> Whoa. So, and so hearing, hearing that sort of thing like, and having that worry, do you just still go on, you know, guns blaring in the background? Do you just yep. turn the volume up on the speaker a bit more? Or yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. How do you cope? Uh, we just played. We just played. The Can I say that the, the army crew were ridiculous. We would land, Hercules would land, and they would just go into action. And we weren't going in with two little speakers on sticks. We went in with a full RSL PA, you know, we went in with oh. the full full thing. We had yep. subs, we had everything. We were using Marshall Stacks. We were not – there was nothing small about it. It was a
0: proper it. show. It was yep.
2: a proper show. It could have been at Reesby Workers. It could have been at the Entertainment Centre. It could have been downtown Baghdad. It was insane. Yep. And they were so good. The, everything – military precision. Everything worked with military precision. <laughs> the plane would land, the crates would come off, everything would be set up within – Ninety minutes of landing, wow. We'd have a full stage. They'd build a stage. They'd assemble the PA, tune the PA. Ridiculous, amazing.
0: And so you'd land, and and they'd set up, and you'd play the show. Would you then stay at that base that night?
2: Mostly, we stayed at the base. Yes. Yep.
0: What was that experience like? like did you get to interact with the soldiers? It was
2: lovely. Food, things it was like absolutely that. Absolutely lovely. Um, my one regret is that I just didn't have a bag of. Tubes of Vegemite and a bag of Mars bars and things like that. Just If I ever got the opportunity to go again, Mm. I would take one pair of clothes, one set of clothes, and just nice stuff. Yeah. You know, chewing gum. Oh, yeah. Chewing gum. How good is chewing gum?
0: Until it's not there, you don't forget. You don't think about the things that you miss and, yeah.
2: So I would do that differently. Okay. Tons of lollies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Minties, yeah, sure. Fantails, no worries. No worries, yeah. That's I would do it that way. It was really nice to speak with the soldiers. Uh, It was really nice to get a perspective that wasn't filtered by media. Mm It wasn't filtered by you know popular perception or anything like that. It was this is the dude who's here doing the job. Yeah. um, We had uh, one female member of the band, and the uh, you know the female soldiers they wanted to talk. They. it was great. They'd just disappear and go and chat. Wow. If, you, if you're the only woman there and there's 110 blokes talking about blokey things. Oh, yes. It was, um, <laughs> it was, it was really nice. To find out about the outside world a
0: bit yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. And so would you always travel by Hercules in between
2: the bases? Uh, travel by Chinook, which is the dual rotor. Helicopter, yeah. Helicopter. Yeah. Um, travel in trucks from airports into bases uh, we got attacked at uh we got attacked at one point, which was really yeah, it was interesting um this is on the helicopter the chimney no 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 we we got we we'd landed at an airport and we were going into a base yeah um in a city and we were attacked in transit and um that was that was quite interesting and we got rocketed at one point when we were landing in a Hercules and um, yeah, that was interesting as well. And uh, there was a lot of, a lot of tumble turns done and you wouldn't mm. think that a Hercules can fly sideways, but it can. And you wouldn't think that a Hercules can fly almost upside down, but it can do that as well. It was So on the Hercules,
0: when this, you, you're sitting, I imagine, you know, I'm thinking of the movies, you're in the back somewhere, you're strapped in. Do you get notification that this is happening? Do you,
2: or does the plane suddenly just the the plane started to you know to jump around a lot um one of the other people in the band had told me that the captain or the pilot had announced that there was a lock on I'd missed that I missed that bit I didn't I didn't hear that and so we started you know diving around in this plane and um I I, I just don't even know what was happening because like you know, I'm a civilian and therefore, in military terms, probably a bit of an idiot. And um, the plane starts doing, you know, all these deft manoeuvres and then there's soldiers who are vomiting and then all the um, – oh, I've just lost the word. What is it? with Said, oh,
0: the flares! Yeah, you? all the flares yeah.
2: off the end of the wings and around the motor wow, start so it must going have been off. Really close, and and I said to the to the guy sitting next to me, I said, "Now we were told that they would only go off if someone was shooting at us," and he said, "Do you think?" <laughs> I went, oh, right. And then I got worried, but like I didn't, I just didn't get it before. Yeah. Call it the naivety of wow. of civilians or whatever, yeah.
0: but. Probably beneficial that they. Yeah, probably because I would have, have, I would have joined out. the soldiers having yeah. a little bit of a vomit. But anyway, so did you find all this out while you were on the plane? That was happening, or when yep. it landed?
2: Yep, that, and then got more information when we landed. Wow, I and could- we were told that you know the rocket was—it was close. It was a close call. Jeez, it was a close call. So we had um the the incident when we were traveling. In a truck. Oh, that was it was actually travelling in like land cruises and so on. Um, we'd had so many different um, briefings that we sort of didn't listen after a while, which no disrespect to the military, but we didn't listen to you because it was pretty typical yeah, of anyone. <laughs> keep your arms inside the vehicle. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, come on, we'll it's, we'll it's like an Aslav. That. There's yep. no way of putting your arm outside of the vehicle, <laughs> so don't tell us that. Yeah. Um, but then we got to one particular Airfield, and the briefing included the phrase In the event of an attack, okay, so we're sort of listening now. Okay, yeah. If all uniformed members are incapacitated or dead, okay, now we're really listening. You'll need to know how to use this radio. <laughs> and the guy held up a radio. Like, really? If if all uniform members are dead, I want to know how to shoot a gun. Yeah, you know. So we did actually when we got into the into the trucks to to drive. I said, you know, fuck that radio business. You know, show me how to shoot this thing. And the safety's here, and then blah blah blah. And you don't want to be at the pointy end. Cool. Yeah. So wow. and we did get attacked. Yeah. We did get attacked, and so what were you in? In this, experience? this was in an armored okay, um, like a Humvee cruiser. sort of no, oh, oh, land cruiser. Yeah, land cruiser. Okay. So, like a Humvee, but you know, with more Australian with Japanese reliability. <laughs> oh, yep,
0: yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing will beat a Toyota, and um, that's
0: right. Surprised that's it right. wasn't the Hilux. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that all the Hiluxes in the Middle East are owned by the Taliban. Oh, of course, yep. <laughs> they get the reliable ones. Um, And, uh, yeah, so we were driving along and then lo and behold, the radio did in fact come alive and they said, get off, and they mentioned the route that we were on, get off, and mentioned the route that we were on. And so we just went on this crazy, like, Blues Brothers car chase through this city, um, pushing vehicles out of the way, you know, beeping frantically at, at pedestrians to get out of the way. And we ran off and we got to the base and the army band didn't turn up. Oh. Where's the army band? Yeah. Where's our gear? Um, and then the army band, after quite a while, did show up and they were all ashen-faced musos. They're just musos who thought, how can I play music every day for the rest of my working life? I'll join the army. <laughs> but the downside is I also have to need to know how to shoot yeah. guns and things like that. And, uh, yeah, so they'd been in a gun battle on their way to the gig, I've actually got a really vivid memory of, of watching the band who would change to do shows, but they were all still in their in their camos wow. with Stiers still on their backs, yeah. playing saxophones, playing guitar. Like They literally turned up and did a wow. gig after having a gun battle on the way there. So that was... I think nerves of steel. Nerves like, of how steel. Do you how good deal is the with army that? Army band?
0: yeah. Just to be unbel- – oh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, like, you guys already experienced a little bit of that by weaving off the road and – but they actually got stuck in what you were trying yep. to avoid. Yep,
2: yep. So I don't know the details because, yeah. you know, they're not going to tell you exact yep. – you know, exactly what went down. But, uh, yeah, IED, duh, 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 ambush, stopped, guns. Wow. There you go. That's incredible. Then you go and play Aretha Franklin songs. <laughs>
0: Quite the uh, juxtaposition, (laughs) yeah, quite the opposite there Well, we're going to take a quick break And then we'll be right back with some more um
1: Are you a coffee drinker? No, me neither Luckily, FNX has us covered with a range of specially designed protein supplements to give you the perfect morning or mid-afternoon mental boost. Try their Restart AM Protein Blend. It helps you start the day with muscle-building whey protein, probiotic blend for gut health, natural energy from its green tea and guarana extract, and a combination of vitamins and minerals to help boost memory, mental function, and mood. Plus, AM Protein comes in delicious flavors like orange dreamsicle, chocolate donut, and blueberry muffin. If coffee has you covered, try some of the other FNX Fitness products to assist you in maintaining your energy, fitness, and endurance. They have something for everyone. Go to fnxfit.com. That's F-N-X-F-I-T dot com and use the special code TUMDRUM15 for 15% off your order. That's T U M D R U M. One5 for 15% off your order.
0: So we're back after our break here with Mitch. Mitch, we've talked just before the break about all your experiences in the Middle East. Um, I wanted I was curious what was it like when you came back home? Was there an adjustment? Was there any sort of things you had to get over because of what you'd seen?
2: Uh, For me, when we came back, uh, there was like a a calmness. There was a calmness. There was nothing that life in suburban Sydney was going to throw at me Mm. that I couldn't overcome. There was nothing. There was nothing to worry about. I wasn't worried about machine guns. I wasn't worried about IEDs. I wasn't worried about insurgents. I was not worried about any of those things, which ultimately became a little bit of a problem when friends of mine and work colleagues of mine and so on would sweat the small stuff. So, this, but this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. This is not the, this is not the hill to, to yeah. die on at all. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a nothing that we can overcome. We can fix this up. We can make this work to our advantage, blah, 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 blah. Um, why are you so, you know, upset mm. by, uh, upset or hit up by this?
0: So does that give you a, uh, a potential advantage over people because you are a lot more calm in stressful situations? A lot of people have said that I'm any more laid back, I'd be
2: lying down. <laughs> um,
0: and Australians are pretty laid back as it is. So, <laughs> you know, that's saying something.
2: Yeah, so maybe maybe it does serve as an advantage.
0: The band continued, your love of music continued once you came back home?
2: Yep, yep, definitely the, the love of music continued and the love of performing continued and the love of being in a band continued. So you mentioned a little bit
0: before about being in a rock band or or a band, it's not your full-time job, you've got other jobs. How do you manage doing three, four gigs I'm imagining on the weekend and then going back
2: to your normal job. Huh.
0: Like, I don't how do know. you survive with no sleep? I guess is I, what I'm asking. I don't know. Well,
2: no dose is a lovely product. Uh huh. Um, and you do become quite adept at sneaky naps here and there. Mm-hmm. Some people call them disparagingly nana naps. <laughs> I like to call them rock star Rockstar naps.
0: Rock star naps. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, Nana's got nothing to sleep about. Yeah, look, I I don't even know. Like We were doing four and five gigs every week and Mm. I had a full-time job or a nearly full-time job as well. I don't actually know how I managed that. It's like, I don't know, you you get the frog and you put the frog. I've never done this, but if you (laughs) you get the frog and you put it in in a saucepan, the frog will sit there and go, this is nice, and you put it on the heat and the frog will stay there and go, oh, this is nice and, and it'll come back, it'll be all good again. I don't know how I could do what I used to do Right now, mm. if you said, yep, yeah, so you've got five gigs this week and you're a father and you've got your regular job yeah. and you're just going to make it all work. No no idea, no idea how that so would
0: work. So how would that look on a weekly basis? So say you've got a job Monday <laughs> to Friday. Yes. Are you doing
2: sometimes gigs throughout
0: the week? Yep, like sometimes we'd, gig or we'd,
2: we'd play Wednesday nights.
0: Okay. And then backing up with whatever your job to, is on the Thursday. Go, go
2: to work on Thursday. Okay. Thursday night, fly to Perth. Okay. Friday, plane Perth. Yep. Saturday day, plane Perth. Saturday night, plane Perth. Sunday afternoon, plane Perth. Sunday night, fly back, go to work on Monday morning.
0: Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like, tired
2: just hearing that. I, I'm tired just reminiscing. Yeah. How the hell did that happen?
0: So when you arrive back on the Sunday night, you go to work on the Monday, are you... No, 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 we'd
2: land. Oh, you'd land and just go to and work. And go straight to work.
0: So you get a couple, what is it, like five hours, eight hours, yeah. I don't know, something like that from Perth. You'd yep. sleep.
2: On the plane. You'd be in the... Sleep in the, on the red eye.
0: Yep, on the plane, toilets getting in, your clothes, whatever.
2: And go straight to work.
0: Whoa. So are you running on adrenaline at that point? No days we've mentioned. <laughs> no, no days, yeah. Yep. Days before Red
2: Bull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's. It was just a lifestyle. It was it was how you did it, and we we had, I for me personally, mm. I had a vision of like this is what I want to achieve, blah blah blah. This is how I have to do it. Um. And so there were goals. Wow. And uh, that's what you had to do to achieve yeah. what you wanted. Living life to the max. Mm. Always say yes. That's it. If you say no, that's an opportunity lost. Mm -hmm.
0: It's a good way to live. Well, we're going to almost finish it up now, but I've got one more question to ask you because I'm really interested. I always ask a lot of music people um, this question because you've got a love of music. What's the musician or album that Mm -hmm. everybody should (laughs) listen to? It's it's a tough question because it's hard to narrow it down to one, but... What's something that you love that you feel like is underappreciated or people should listen to it who haven't? Oh. <laughs> Need hours to think about yeah, it. There. They're,
2: they're, <laughs> they're, well, there's multiple answers depending on the time of day and depending mm. on your mood. Um, there are two that jump into my mind straight away. Uh, maybe 1977, I could be wrong about the year, Linda Ronstadt, Back in the USA. Mm, It's a good one. Oh, my gosh. That is my Desert Island disc. Mm -hmm. She has the finest voice. Oh, my gosh. What a voice. Great band. Yeah. Hot band. Waddy Wadshalong guitar. Um, Absolutely fabulous band. Absolutely incredible voice. Then 1971, The Who live at Leeds. Oh, yes. The world's first intelligent heavy metal album, mm-hmm. and the work the band does on Sparks' "Amazing Journey," for example, they're just so ramshackle, loose, and so tight.
0: Yeah, and it's such variety in their music. Like um, for me, one of their their biggest albums is Tommy. Yep, and I you have to listen to Tommy on the vinyl. It's so yeah, yeah, so quality. But just the variety in the songs that they've got and the different melodies that they hit. And in some moments it's more like a ballad. Some moments it's more storytelling and rock and pop. Like they're such talented. Yep. One of my favourite bands. So yep. I'm so
2: glad you mentioned <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know that. Isn't that? That's cool. That's, yep. that's really nice that we are, we've we discovered that. So, yeah, Linda, The Who. Do you know Ride the Lightning? 1984, Ride the Lightning by Metallica. Okay, yep. Oh man. That was <laughs> that was brutal. Back in the day, no one had heard anything like that. Mm. That was amazing. Um, where else? Die of a madman by Ozzy Osbourne with Randy Rhodes' fine guitar playing.
0: Yeah, getting died, into the hard rock there. Yeah. Died
2: way too young. Mm. Um yeah, so I can't narrow it down. Oh, so. I mean,
0: that's three really good options for people yeah. to start. If you've never heard those albums, I hope after this podcast you jump on and. and that's what have I'm a listen going to, to do. Those. I'm going to have yeah. a couple of beers <laughs> and I'm going to listen to
2: Linda Ronstadt. Got it
0: motivated now. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, thanks, Mitch, for coming on and sharing your stories and, for someone who's never played music in a band, the experiences you had are something out of a movie almost. So we really appreciate you sharing it with our listeners.
2: Yeah, I've been very blessed, very, very lucky. And um, thanks for the opportunity to come and talk to the curious audience. Thank you.
0: Hello, folks. Welcome back. What a wonderful interview that was and an amazing person to talk to. And each week I have a guest in and I think I'm not going to be amazed that I will have heard this story before and nearly every week I'm blown away again. And that was one of them where I was just like, whoa, how do you, you know, you're in a war zone playing rock music. (laughs) It's just crazy, you know, completely different to my life and, and maybe different to yours as well. But I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this podcast and sharing all these people's story and connecting it to the movies that we love. And um, it's just so enjoyable. And I thank you for jumping on and listening and enjoying it with me. Um, That's it for us on the curious audience for this week, but this week is a daily double week. So Friday this week, keep your ears ready. Look out for another episode of timeless where we break down a movie and work out if it is indeed a timeless classic. Until that time, I'm Luke Ryan, and this was The Curious Audience. See you later.